Hello and welcome to the Leading Line podcast. Chris here. Hope you're well and staying safe. And we are back once again with a action-packed week of SWPL football. It was a, a really entertaining week. And of course, because I'm here doing a podcast, it means that I'm joined by my good friend, Campbell Finlayson. Campbell, are you ready to boogie? Um, aye. How are you? How are you for a change? Oh, you're asking how I'm, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yeah. Um, as as you as as Campbell knows, my Tuesday is pretty pretty full on to get to get back to do the podcast. But we're always happy to do it. And as I said, there is a a bumper day of action. A really enjoyable weekend, Campbell, in terms of the games that were first of all broadcast live, and then it seems like kind of across the board. Yeah, compared to compared to what we watched last week, but I think it was. Competitive, it been great. This week you had competitive, and you had good football, so it, it made a big difference. And the games that we've watched have been great, and there's been plenty of controversy in other games that we'll obviously get to. So it's been an enjoyable weekend, and one that I am forward to the podcast night should be a good one. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get cracking and let's start at the top of the table. Um, Glasgow City against Hibernian. Um, Glasgow City three, Hibs two. Uh, this was a game that was live on BBC Sports Scotland. Um, Glasgow City went one up through a Nicole Robertson header. It feels like that was another one of many assists for each of this season uh, from cross balls. Um, two nil up, uh, Jenna Clark getting her second of the season um, before Hibbs got one back through Ellis Notley. Uh, well, not through Ellis Notley. Some good play by Ellis Notley to put a through ball in for Kirsty Morrison, who, uh, I mean, let's talk about, I think I'm kind of just going through the great game at the moment, but we'll come back and talk about the goals. Who, um, Put it past Lee Alexander, a long range Maddie goal made it 3 1, and then Siobhan Hummel got a late free kick to make it 3 2. Uh, pretty back and forth game, Campbell, this one. Yeah, it was City Hibs as a game you always look at as being entertaining, but being fully goals, and then the Cup final sort of threw that, that idea clean out of the water with the seven goals we had uh, last November. And then this one as well, half time, 0 0. City were the team on top early doors. Hibs going to grew into it and I think you looked at it and thought right it'll be one or two goals here will settle this and the fact we then got five with four of them in the last 20 minutes was kind of a bit weird but it was it was a very enjoyable game um, throughout Broadwood and one that I, I did enjoy watching again from home but it was, it, was a, it was a good game. Yeah the boy in the bubble is ready for bursting but he should hopefully be out this weekend son <laughs> but uh, yeah I thought the, the first two goals and pretty not straightforward for City, but two cross balls and, and two good headers. It was again Nicole Robertson getting the header in debut. Um, really well taken. Uh, and then uh, Hibbs got a goal back. The the Kirsty Morrison goal, uh, what was it a lob? I can't I've been I've watched it a couple of times now in terms of the finish. I don't I don't quite understand how it went. It was good play from Ellis Notley in the centre of the park, a really good ball to carry a releaser. And then was it a lob or was it just a well hit shot? Kevin, what was your take on it for the for the goal that got Hibbs back into the game? <laughs> I don't know. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I watched it at the time, and I looked away from the screen, and then just I looked up. The ball was kind of trickling into the net, and I'm like, right, that's been a deflection, and there's not much in it. And then you see the shot, and Kirsty kind of cut inside, and she doesn't really connect with it well. But I think the fact Lee is Alexander so far off her line, the misconnection just seems to catch it out, and then uh, <laughs> it just ends up in the net. It was, it was a strange goal. But it was one that, given Hibs had just went two goals down two minutes before it, it, it did certainly make a big difference. I mean, it was, I still don't really know what happened when you look at it, but 
it was a goal. I suppose that's all that mattered, and it did get Hibs right back in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I just like I've, I've watched it so many times, and every time I watch it, I go, "It's like um, it's like Kirsty hit it with like a sandwich, but at the same time directed it over." Our, it's it's a weird it's a weird finish. Go and go and look at it if you haven't looked at it already, and let us know what you think. Um, I think it was called as a lob on comms. I don't know if it was a lob, but I just I don't know. But um, that put them back into the game. But uh, Campbell, the Glasgow City quickly turned it back around again. This one was definitely uh, a Malone Ranger, uh, Maddie Fulton. Uh, it was one of these dipping ones where by the time we got to the goal, Sophie Allison didn't really have much chance of getting at it. No, I think Sophie's going to give it up and I think or hoping that it wasn't going to go in and then by the time she's going to turn around the ball's position, I mean, it's right in off the bar so your chances of you stopping it are slim as it is but the fact she's going to give it up it's a great strike obviously for that distance and you can't really take much away for the goal, it's kind of left uh, Sophie with no chance in the end and when it puts City 3 1 up again, the thing, right, again, that's game over. And also, Hibs get back. And not to this extent against them at the game, but it, it was one where it just, whenever you thought the game was done, it turned out that it wasn't done. So it was, I'm quite confused, to be honest, talking about it at the minute. I was like, that on Sunday, I wasn't sure what to make of the game. I'm like, right, there's five goals in this, it's been enjoyable. But I, I, don't, I don't really know. At the end of the day, City won. And there were some good goals in it, but it, it was confusing at the time. And it's, Still, one of these ones where like, is that a lob? Is that a good strike for the fourth goal? <laughs> Just a bit of a mess, really, but we'll give Maddie the credit. It's a good strike from distance, and oh, Sophie yeah. looks as confused as I am. Yeah, I think no, the Maddie, the Maddie one's definitely a good strike. As it's, it's it was just the dip at the end, um, I think just put it out of reach. And then Siobhan Horner getting a kind of late second consolation from a free kick. She obviously went in that mad scoring win uh, last season. Maybe this is the start of another one, but um, yeah, a, a drilled free kick through the wall. Uh, to kind of make it three two, but as you say, Glasgow City win um, again. And I mean, Campbell. As much as things change, they often stay the same. And we are looking at a, a SWPL win table at the moment with Glasgow City on top of it, proving a lot of people that are maybe asking some questions about them wrong at the moment. Definitely. I mean, Dan Ross and Kirsty Hewitt were obviously the two the two notable absentees at the start of that game, and. Interesting, given Kirsty's importance to City, especially over the last few years with the amount of goals she's scored, and we keep mentioning the fact she'll be leaving, I think, where will City change that? Nicole Robertson, as much as she had chances, which she probably should have scored in the first half, it was a great chance early on, which really she should have found the net, but she's got herself that goal, they're spreading them around the team well, and in the end, interesting, City, as much as there's changes there, and it was maybe a weaker City team than we'd seen in previous games, Again, they've managed to sneak out the grind at the three points. And if you're doing that, then you're always going to be up at the top end of the table, aren't you? So City obviously have been highlighted as maybe with the, the updates at Rangers and Celtic. You think maybe there'll be a bit of a change this season. But again, City 100% record. And other than the Champions League performance, there's not really too much you can complain about. Going with. No, no, I don't mean top goal scorers in the league. Only Celtic and Rangers have conceded less than them as well. So it's been a really... Really strong start to the season for them. Um, in terms of Hibs, uh, that's two games in the bounce where they played against teams that are they'll be looking to obviously finish ahead of or at least get close to in the race for Champions League. Because, of course, there's two Champions League spots this season, which I think adds a, an extra level of spice, shall we say, um, to this season. Um, but it's been two close games. Is that going to be a case of maybe they just need to win one of these and it'll give them a boost in confidence to maybe go forward a little bit more? Um, I think, I mean, Hibs have had... They've shown the confidence. I mean, 
Spartan from Motherwell and games, you'd expect them to win with they've got the and Rangers and uh, City are obviously they're tougher sides and I think given again how much change there is at Hibs has always that change. They've got a really young squad this season. They've got a lot of experience at centre back. Other than that, you look at their squad and think, right, they're young and it's gonna take these players maybe some time to get used to it for those that haven't played at this level frequently. Um but again it's one goal they've lost out to the city, one goal they've lost out to the Rangers in games that they've been well in. So there's definitely positive for them. I think it's maybe where we expect them all to be just slightly behind those three that stand out, if you want to call them that. But again, Hibs, as we're saying, obviously, the last few years, they've been the team close to City, and you can never really rule them out. And even in this game, going 2 0 down away to City, I think, right, that's killing it off. And then Hibs went straight by the end and scored, and then got three kick and stoppage time. And it's. There's definitely positives for Dean there. I mean, I've only seen them in person at the Motherwell game this year where they weren't great, but they scored plenty of goals. And then I watched them on TV in the last two weeks, and again, despite not being the greatest such, they've been solid. They don't concede, or look like they're going to concede too many. And going forward, they've still got that, um, that like, these players are looking trouble defenders. So it's it's going to be an interesting season for Hibs. I'd like to see where they end up, but I keep losing out with these games. Obviously, yeah. You're going to be slightly behind your cities and Celtic and Rangers, but games against them are going to be really interesting. So it'll be, it'll be intriguing to see how they got on this season. But as much as the two defeats in the trot, there's there's definitely a lot of positives there for D to take. Yeah, and I mean they they round out their triple header against uh, their their opposition at the top table with Celtic on Friday night in BBC Alba. Um, so yeah, tough start uh, to suffer you around at the moment perhaps, but we'll see what happens come Friday night. Um, Let's go back to Glasgow City a wee bit because they are playing in the Champions League Wednesday afternoon. Um, this will go out Tuesday night, Wednesday morning-ish, whenever I get cut. Um, they are travelling to Iceland to play Valour. Very quick turnaround for them. Um, I was um, speaking to Scott on Monday on the press call for it and they were talking about the fact that basically they were having to do their video analysis via Zoom on the Monday and then they were flying out on Tuesday, getting an hour at the ground and then obviously the game being Tuesday, uh, Wednesday afternoon kind of really squashes everything in for them um, t- it's a tough draw Like in terms of the teams that they could have got I think it's one of the toughest ones um, Campbell, Valour won 3-0 against HCK Helsinki, we know the strength of Finnish women's football just obviously from the results Scotland had against the national team uh, not that long ago um, the preparations aren't ideal in that respect in terms of the turnaround time and obviously the, the big game that they had on Sunday No, but again I think there was players on Sunday that weren't playing that probably will play if they really fit tomorrow. So um, it gives them that fresh impetus. And obviously, it's a Champions League. We know what City have reached the quarterfinals on a couple of occasions. They've had these big nights at Peters Hill over the last few years. So they'll they'll know themselves. They want to get back to that level. Um, Valour, as you say, it's, it's a tough task going to Iceland as well, where they're a side that's in 3 nothing in the previous round was comfortable compared to City's struggles, you want to call them that. So there's, they don't know themselves a tough game, but I think Scott will have them, I mean, City are always professionally organised, I think he'll, he'll have that sort of the game. And it's a sort of game where you have to fancy City to win it. They'll know themselves that there's there's going to be a tough game, but I still feel confident in City that they can go there and they can turn it on when they need to. I mean, the Spurs were Hibs, were the on Sunday, the Spurs were City were, but City again were able to cope when the ball was coming at them. And then they've shown that they can score goals. So if they can take that with them up to Scandinavia, I know they've travelled out this afternoon. So if they can get there, then there's no reason why City can't go on and win that game. So they are favourites. They know it'll be tough 
I think City sometimes seem to, seem to, seem to thrive, really, when they're, when they're playing the game where they know it's going to be a real challenge. And I think it's one that they'll be relishing playing in. And you have to find City to get through it. They know it'll be tough, but like I say, they'll be well organised. And hopefully they get a good game uh, through in Iceland tomorrow. Yeah, um, it's on BBC Alba as well, two o'clock, which is weird because it's not like Alba's usually on at that time. So that's nice to see that they can switch on, switch it on for the game. Um, it's been nine years since they played Valor in the Champions League back in 2011. Having a look at the squads, because, you know, I'm a bit of a sad statue sometimes, Gamble, and like trying to find this kind of stuff out. Um, the only two City players that were playing that day that will potentially be playing uh, on Wednesday are Leanne Ross and Joe Love. Eliane Ross started and Joe Love came up as a second half substitute. Um, Valor are currently second in the table and yeah, uh, as you kind of quite rightly point out, very comfortable against HA Helsinki. Uh, yesterday, I spoke to Scott as part of the, the press call and this is what he had to say looking ahead to the game. You, you can't really think too far ahead and it's sometimes difficult enough to get the players to focus as it, as it is without... Um, Talking to them about two different types of games that you're that you're going to have. So to to be speaking about the Hibs game to them, and then, um, you know, um, in the next sentence to to be bringing in valours, it's just not um, what how I how I would work. Uh, it's not how I'd go about it. So yeah, completely focus on on Hibs first, and um, and now as soon as that's done, you know, we we were tested straight after the game. So immediately there, the players know that something um, different's about to happen. Um, and yeah, they know that that means it's preparation time for a Champions League game. So yeah, it's um, it's a quick turnaround. It's not it's not easy, but you know we do our do our best. And the, the main thing is that the players get a, a, a decent handle on what Valor are all about and how they play. And um, then we talk about how we're going to go and play against them. Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get a, a session in. Uh, we'll arrive sort of lunchtime-ish, um, get our lunch, settle in the hotel, and then digest that, and then back out um, to the training pitch or to the to the the, the, the venue, which is less than a five-minute walk away from where we're staying. So it's ideal, and um, yeah, we'll get an hour on that pitch, uh, and that's really that's not about going through any tactical stuff just purely because uh, you, you never really know who's who's watching so it's it's all just about getting them used to the the the, the environment you know what the pitch is like how big the pitch is uh, and just getting them comfortable with the whole thing we've kind of um deliberately sort of built our our side around some some core players that have a lot of experience. And it just means that you know when when you, you you suffer a few injuries or you need to move players around a little bit. You know you've got a player like, like like Joe Love who played against Hibs there in the back line. Um, you know is naturally a, a midfield player, but she can go in there and, and do that. And that's a lot to do with her desire to just to just play and to to fulfil any position that that we ask her to play. But um, it's also that she has that quality, that that um, maturity and experience to to go and be able to do that. So yeah, they're really important the the experienced players. And um, you know, as I said there earlier, I, I'll always chat with them about what we're, our our plans are once they've had a, a good look at the the team we're going to play against, and we form, formulate that plan. Obviously, 
I'm the one that decides on exactly what we what we do, but um, I always bring them in to to have that conversation and um, and listen to their feedback. Okay, Campbell, um, got to ask you prediction time, and there's a good chance that people will be listening to this after the game, so we could be getting real bother here. But um, what is your prediction for tomorrow's game for Glasgow City? I said seven 0 in the last game, and <laughs> that was nowhere near it. So I should probably say nothing, but. I'm going to go with City to sneak it 2-1. Cool. I, I think you're going for 2-1. I am going to say it's going to be one each. It's going to go to penalties again. And um, we Alexander is going to save some penalties again. Yeah, that's what I think. But uh, we will see what happens, of course. If you listen to this afterwards, leave us alone if we're wrong. Uh, if, you hear us, uh, if we're right, please tell us. But we're awesome. But um, yeah. <laughs> Best of luck to Glasgow City in that game against Valour. Scottish representation deep into the Champions League is only a good thing, especially as the competition starts to change. But let's move on to our next game. Um, I headed to the RTC to see Rangers against Celtic in the first Old Firm game of the season. Um, win a win for Celtic, uh, Campbell. But if, I know you've been able to see the highlights from this one as well. Uh, a really entertaining game. Um, and I think when I watched the highlights back, I didn't realise quite how entertaining it was sitting in the stand. Um, Celtic had some early chances. Um, Chloe, Chloe Craig had kind of went from close range that she, she kind of missed it. And there was a chance for Rangers where Nick Dock, uh, Nick Dock that he sent through Zoe Ness. Um, and she was well blocked by Chloe Logan, who we'll be talking about in a wee bit. But I think the first kind of major flashpoint of the game, Campbell, uh, was the chance that uh, denied Claire Gemma, wasn't it? Uh, the save on the line from Caitlin Hayes in her head and... What a block that was, by the way. Um, I didn't realise how good it was until I watched it back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've only seen... Actually, I saw the penalty on Sunday night, but other than that, I've only seen the highlights today. And you say really entertaining. I think from the highlights that were shown, it didn't look so great, but you were there, I wasn't, so accept your word for it. Um, Claire Gemmo and that ball fell. So you know the score, she looked right. It doesn't go in, but taking that away from it, you're like, well, she must score here. So the fact that that was how Celtic defence kept out. I do not know, but it was outstanding, really. And I think one of these games where Rangers obviously have so much change this year, and to many folk, including us, we've probably tipped them to be up, well, up there, if not champion. But they've been a wee bit underwhelming, maybe. 1 0 wins, obviously, Spartan and Hibs have not been great. And then against Celtic, uh, a Celtic side, uh, again, they've had plenty of change as well. But they don't look as if they're overly confident themselves. One of these games, they weren't really too sure what way it was going to go. Rangers maybe having the edge of being at home. But as I say, to come out and keep a clean sheet, slightly surprising. But they've had a really good record against Rangers in previous seasons. Obviously, it's totally different squads. But it's, it's an important one for them, given they've already been away to City this season and lost. They're away to Rangers today and then away to Hibs next week. They're playing all the big teams away from home, early doors. So to get the win, they'll be pleased with it. And Again, it did look a strange game with the keepers or maybe the two best players, but it's it's a very important one for Celtic and they'll be very delighted with it. And as you're seeing, like, the league in general really is quite tight again. So it's, although early days, it's, it's an important one for Celtic in a game that looks like it's going to set up another close sort of season for us. Yeah, I, I mean, one of the things I talked about in, in another podcast for somebody else, which was the the gap that Rangers not only had to make up in Glasgow City this season, but also on Hibs and Celtic, because yes, Rangers have probably, I think have probably 
definitely championed the, the, the investment they've made the most. And I think when you look at the kind of players they brought in, they probably made the most investment in their squad as well. But they were so far behind last season and previous seasons that that's a big jump to make. And as you mentioned, last season Celtic beat them three times and um, quite comfortably as well. So I, I thought that the, the game on Sunday in person, um, I was quite impressed by the intensity of it. I mean, it was noisy. You know how sometimes you go to a game of, a game of football and there's not much noise, especially just now, obviously. That's, that's a really stupid thing to say. That's your fault for going to paradise. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, so you know how sometimes you go and the pitch is quiet. That's what I mean. The pitch is quiet. But um, yeah, the, the pitch was really noisy. Um, after that, Caitlin Hayes block, uh, Rangers had a couple of chances. First from um, Chelsea Cornet, uh, a really nicely hit kind of half volley, well tipped over by Chloe Logan. And then there was a good chance for Dana Burma where Chloe Logan got down really well low to save it. Um, uh, as I say, that seems to skip by the highlights that I've seen so far, but it was a really, really top save. And I was really impressed by Chloe Logan in general on Sunday. Um, uh, keeper that I said after the game, Campbell, when, when we were obviously having a wee chat, that um, has maybe been overlooked, and I include myself in that in terms of her ability. But I was I was really impressed with her on Sunday. Um, Celtic though had their chances as well. Uh, Sarah Ewans had a, a really big chance. She she didn't get it on target with lots of space in the box. Jenna Fife had her moments as well. I mean, I know that the Chloe Logan tip over was there, and the, the low save to Bomber wasn't. But Jenna Fife's uh, free kick save, and then our one handed save from Caitlin Hayes from the header. I mean, that was also a bit of top quality goalkeeping. And to be honest with you, Campbell, I was ready to, at the end, full time, I was ready to write a day where goalkeepers are on top and then obviously the moment came. But I mean, that save from Jenna Fife as well was was top draw. Mm-hmm. Goal, the goalkeepers did impress me when I watched the highlights. Um, I know you'd pointed out that save low down to Chloe Logan that wasn't shown on the SWPL highlights. But both keepers seemed to be involved and the chances that came we're all really pretty well derived with them. I mean, <clears throat> for Chloe Logan, sorry, um, as the number one, obviously, at a club at Celtic, you're always going to be noticed. And again, some of the saves she made were fantastic. And then again, Jenna Fife, where she's moved from Hibs, where we know how, how Hibs have performed in the last few years as one of the top teams in the country. So to move to Rangers, you are aiming to become that number one team as such. Again, she's in the spotlight with all the, all the changes happened there. But both they stood out. And you've got two top-class goalkeepers. I know you... We're full of for the pair of them on Sunday. You can see why some of the saves they made were fantastic. And I don't think either really deserve to be on the losing side. So you feel for Jenna in that aspect with Celtic scoring, especially so late. But both goalkeepers should be really pleased with that. And again, with the aging, some of the keepers, the ages of some of the goalkeepers in the Scotland squad, there's definitely the chance that these two could be Jenna and Jenna's case moving up to number one, or in Chloe's case, sort of moving into the squad. So there's it's definitely positive signs for the pair of them, and also probably at national level. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Lee Alexander is there for a good while yet. And as you say, Jenna's in the squad already. But Shannon Lynn's 35 now, which, is, to be fair, Campbell is still no age for a goalkeeper. But um, I think if you're looking for successions, I definitely think... I'll be, I'll be interested to see Chloe Logan on Friday night um, when the, the album game to see if she gets on. But yeah, I was impressed. But um, as I said, I was all ready to write the goalkeepers were on top. And then there was a penalty in the in injury time. A handball given against Emma Brownlee. Uh, Campbell, it's one of those ones that get given in 2020. I think that's the fairest way to say it. <laughs> I like I liked when you said that off air before we start here. I've, I've generally got the words very harsh penalty written down. I think, in, <laughs> yes, it hits her arm. Yes, her arm's away from her body. But they keep telling us that if it hits a different part of your body before your arm, that's not a penalty. The ball clearly comes up off her foot. 
So you're thinking it's a bit harsh. I mean, Celtic put the ball in the net anyway. Could they not just have played on and give them a goal? I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't really make much difference. They've scored. And if they hadn't given the penalty, they still scored. But a bit harsh name, Brownlee, I think. And I think going from what I've seen and from what you've said, the draw would probably would have been fair. So for Celtic to sneak it is tough for Rangers to take, and especially now they've lost it. But it's, it's a dubious penalty, I think, is the word for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched it. So in real time, I couldn't really tell, to be honest with you. It, it, there was an appeal. There didn't seem to be that much kind of debate about it afterwards. When I watched it back, I was like, oh, yeah, kind of. But, um, yeah, I mean, penalty given, as you say, Jody Bartle actually had the ball in the net. And part of me did go, well, if he just played on, we probably would be involved. We wouldn't have been having this conversation just now, Campbell, for a start. But um, Summer Green stepped up for the penalty. I thought she was really good in the first half, a bit quiet in the second but a really emphatic way to, to get a win. Um, really good penalty from her. Yeah, I mean, when you get a penalty that late on, the the pressure on you is it's so much higher than at any other time. It's never easy to take a penalty in a game, but given your, it's a derby game, it's the last minute, it's, it's a very, very good penalty for somebody. Green, obviously, smacks it right in the roof of the net. She'll be pleased with it, but again, it is, it's, it's tough on Rangers to take it. But at the end of the day, Celtic have got the penalty, they've scored it. And it's a very important one for them. Yeah, um, after the game, I spoke first of all to Malky Thompson, the Rangers head coach, and then Fran Alonso. Um, this is what they had to say. Hi, disappointed, frustrated. Um, that, that, that's football, you know, we've just got, we just got to deal with um, Lost the goal late on, which is always, it never really gave us a chance to try and get back into the game, you know. Um, ended up pushing Demi Vance forward just to try and can we get the ball forward early and, and, and get a goal, you know. But I'm disappointed, but however, it's not the end of the world. They showed some real resilience there when they were um, speaking amongst themselves about getting back in on Tuesday and, and getting themselves ready for the next again game. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll analyse it, we'll put it to bed and we'll get back in and we'll get ready for the fourth again. We knew we are playing against an outstanding team. Uh, they recruit uh, fantastic. They brought all internationals. They invest massively, uh, and we we know uh, we knew from, from the beginning it's going to be a very very hard game. So we changed slightly uh, our normal style, which is a lot of position play. And today we were slightly more direct, uh, trying to exploit their weaknesses. And I think we were very very solid defensively. We didn't concede many chances, and that's extremely hard in a team with that talent. Um, you know, I, a couple of saves from our goalkeeper, good saves. But I think we got most of the chances. I think we were uh, very good going forward, very dangerous. Uh, we could score in the first half, and then the second half, uh, unbelievable save by, by Jena. Uh, and yeah, I think, I think we deserve uh, the win. Uh, we changed slightly this week, so I was a little bit concerned. Uh, a lot of tactical load during the week to approach a team that we haven't played you know, in the league yet. Uh, so it was a little bit different. I was concerned maybe of the players not getting in all the information, but I think they executed the game plan to perfection. So I'm very, very proud. I'm very proud and I hope they, they enjoy it uh, because they, they really deserve it. So I'm delighted. Campbell, you mentioned it just before we obviously went to went to the, the kind of post-match thoughts there. Really important one for Celtic. Um, obviously, that win means they stay within three points at Glasgow City. Lost that, I'll lose that one, and we've been down by six. But uh, a big win, and again, as I said, just uh, just there, Glasgow City top of the table, three points clear. But yeah, big win for Celtic that one. Yeah, I mean, you look at the season we had that was cancelled with City, Celtic sorry beat City, and they looked at it and thought we can do that again. So the fact they went to Broadwood a few weeks ago and 
they weren't great. I think Brant Lockbury under par that day and City deservedly took the three points. So it's it's one where they'll be disappointed to lose, but they've bounced back well. I mean, beating Spartans, obviously, and then Hearts was very comfortable. And then again, they have won what's been an important game. So we'll be interested to see how they got on against Hibs, who arguably played better than Celtic, but haven't they picked up the points? Celtic have, so that'll be a game I'm looking forward to on uh, Friday night. It'll be interesting to see if Celtic can build on the start of had. Yeah, um, let's move on to our next game. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the So Spartans now for for Farmington won. Um, I, I'm laughing because there's been a lot of chat about this game. Um, and one of the things I noticed about this game is there's only really been one clip do the rounds, but I have seen that clip and photos and from so many different angles, I don't think I've ever seen a, a clip covered as much um, in the SWPL. Becky Gray's header um, for Spartans to give give them the win. Um, it, it didn't look like it went over the line to be Campbell. And as I said, there has been a lot of um, different angles and views at it. I can see why there's debate, but it didn't it didn't look like it made it from me. And from what we've seen, and obviously we we can only see what has been put out in kind of video and photo form. <laughs> um, no, there's not a chance that ball is close to the line. I'd, if it'd been a game where Spartans had won three, four, five nil, you'd thought right, okay. Given it's the only goal, and Forfar who have improved this season definitely, and they've got a game that I looked at of getting something out of it, to go and lose it with 15 minutes to go, <laughs> wait a goal that, I mean. <laughs> I've seen I've seen still images of it. I've seen two different angles. They've been slowed down, and it's it's never a goal. It's, I mean, the, I'm just laughing thinking about it. They go the header clearly comes in, it hits the line, and the first angle we got was from Spartans. And you think right, it kind of the clip cut out a wee bit early. You think right, maybe it goes over the line after that. Have then seen the Youth Football Scotland media um, video? They slow it right down again. The ball <laughs> the ball hits the hits the goal line. And then the forward defence clear it. And, I mean, the referee's position isn't great. And I think it's one of these ones where he's, he's potentially just went with the shouts. The Spartans players, I think, going by what Spartans have tweeted themselves, and a couple of players maybe have, I think they themselves know it's never a goal. Um, it's, I mean, we're on here to talk about the football, and we want to be trying to grow that and not slating referees, but some of the decisions in recent weeks have been nothing short of abysmal. And this is another one in that, Obviously, there's no relegation, but it's just not going to hamper teams too much in the future. But that's a game where a point for 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 is is going to be more helpful to them than obviously losing, getting absolutely nothing. It's it's a ludicrous decision. I, I, I can't see how anyone can say it's over the line, especially given they can't see it. You shouldn't be following shouts for players, and I think Spartans have really got away with one there. It's it's never a goal. It's just I'm going to stop talking before I say something too controversial, but. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to do now do the due diligence on this. So, um, yeah, I think I think there's like a couple of things for me with this. Um, yeah, as I said at the start, I think for me it doesn't seem like it went over the line. Um, that I saw that there's also a couple of Spartan players saying it definitely did, um, and obviously they're going to be happy getting a win. Any team's going to be happy getting a win, and no matter what the circumstances, that's just the nature of football. I'm a bit. I'm not really a fan of going in on officials at any point, if I'm being totally honest with you. It's not really my bag. Um, I, When I was watching the clip back, one of the things I noticed was the line's been kind of scurried up the line kind of before the ref had his hand up. So I wondered if the linesman had given it. 
And again, this is all kind of speculative, and I think that's the thing with this, that we don't know because we live in a world where referees aren't able to tell us exactly how that came about. Um, maybe they have said to the two teams, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's not great when a decision like that seems to go seems to go wrong. It feels like maybe Fofa have been hard done by, but um, it's something we live and learn by. And as you say, Campbell, it's not the first time this season where we've kind of gone, mm, the decision maybe isn't quite right, but I'm very aware of referees are human too and they can make errors and they are going through exactly the same thing as all the players are in terms of um, the demands on them and kind of getting ready for games and living in the world that we are. But um, yeah, I think we'd always like to see improving standards across the board um, and that's it. But uh, it's an important one for Spartans, putting that decision aside because they obviously had, had a pretty tough start to the season in terms of the games that they had um, and that gets them off the mark. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Spartans' fixtures so far this season, every game they've only went and lost by that odd goal and they've been playing against teams that you expect to be in the top three or four teams. So it's... It's always tough when they're opening fixtures. You always want a game that's not easy, but one that you you think I've got a real chance of getting something. So for Spartans to miss that for the first few weeks and put in really good performances to be fair to them. I watched them against Hibs. They were unlucky to lose that. They've lost out to Rangers. The goal that I've said was offside. Um, but for for a team that have really improved, and I think this week especially, you'll the teams playing each other. The two games I've already mentioned, you expect them to be the top four. And then the next four, you expect to be the sides maybe slightly on that level below Spartans. They'll be hoping to get into that top four. But four for are one of the teams in and around Spartans that you think, right, these are the games we need to win. And Spartans, as we say, almost every week, they're an established SWPL one side. But four for have improved. And they've given Spartans an even tighter game than maybe they would have done in previous years. So Spartans will just be glad to come through that with three points. I mean, with the Devin McCullough documentary, she's been on about how players can leave in the women's game and what have you, easier than they can in the men's. And of course, that's tough. You've seen players leaving for Spartans this season. They do have a young squad. I think they always seem to. But it's three points for them, and that's all they'll care about. And to get that first three points on the board, as much as it's taken them three or four weeks, they've got there, and they'll be very, very pleased with it. So as, as much as we'll say the goal's controversial, it's being given its three points, and Spartans will be delighted with it. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that, that short documentary on Debbie McCulloch is excellent. You should go watch it on A View from the Terrace. It's still on the iPlayer for the next 27 days. So yeah, go do that. But uh, moving on from plugging my work, uh, let's move to the final game of the weekend in the SWPL1. Um, Hearts now, Motherwell 3. We, we can't talk too much about this one, Campbell, to be honest with you. Um, Laurie Gardner, Katie Rice and Chelsea Watson with the goals. Um, I know that there were some technical issues at Hearts end in terms of getting any updates out. And Motherwell had their starting lineups out and then we got a full-time report but there's nothing in between um, which feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity on a weekend where, where the men's side isn't playing and it's something I've talked about a lot in terms of crossover and I think I've seen it a few, I think it's getting better in the women's game in terms of clubs kind of doing that kind of cross promotion uh, but yeah uh, it's nice, it would be nice to have something to kind of hang our, hang our opinions on in this one Campbell but as it is nice win from other way and obviously that gets them off the mark too yeah, I mean, with Hearts having as much upheaval as they've had, and again, they're not a team that looks full of confidence. They're losing more sweets. You can kind of understand. They themselves they have explained they had their technical problems that happened, so there's no real bother there. In terms of Motherwell, when I, when I first started doing the women's games, there was, they had a really good, sort of, there was four, a couple of guys at every game, and the Ross was obviously one of them that was there, as we know, and they were covering these things and putting onto the men's bracket. 
was obviously good. We've said that, but I think, as you've mentioned, mother we're not playing this weekend at the men's level. They could easily have had some recover in that game, especially one where they've picked up the first one of the season. It was a game they were favourites for. There's definitely been improvements. I mean, I saw them, as I said, against Hibs. They were missing a lot of players, and they weren't great. But against Glasgow City, they had a couple of them back, and they've only lost out with three goals in 10 minutes in that game. And then get back getting cut winning themselves. So for them, from again from the minimum we've seen, coverage we've seen, it seems to be a convincing win for Motherwell. And again, they won the place to get. I mean, there's been those improvements over the last few weeks. So to get themselves three goals for the first time this season, I keep a clean sheet for the first time. They're going to be happy with that. And it's like we mentioned with Spartans and Forfar. These are the games against each other that these tied, these sides are going to have to want to win. And for Motherwell to get that again, it's just a weight off their shoulders, isn't it? Your first three points in the league season for anyone at any level is always crucial. And when you're going a few weeks without getting it, it's tough. But they've got there now and it's a win they'll be delighted with. And there's not much else you can see, as I say, there's we can't really talk too much about the game having not seen it. Maybe disappointed by how they cover it, but on the part, Motherwell are they're definitely they're getting they're getting what the level they want to be. They're getting these players back and it's it's a very important three points for them. So all in all it's a good weekend for the women of steel. I mean, yeah, to be fair, I think uh, Women of Steel is still one of the best nicknames around um, in that respect. I, I, I love seeing Women of Steel whenever I, I do a report, write something about Mother. I think it's great. But yeah, a uh, good win for them. Gets them looking off the mark, obviously, in terms of in the table. Uh, in terms of fixtures coming up this weekend, we've already mentioned that Hibs against Celtic is a live game on BBC Alaba on Friday night. It's a 25 to 8 kickoff. Um, then on Sunday, it's Mother against Spartans. Um, four for Farmington against Rangers, which is the BBC Sports Scotland game and Glasgow City against Hearts. I actually think that the Motherwell game will probably be on Airdrie TV like it has been in the past. And obviously Glasgow City, they have Glasgow City TV to put it out. So yeah, I think you should be able to watch all four if, if you're so inclined this weekend from SWPL1, um, which is always nice. Um, it's good to see. But let's move from SWPL1 to SWPL2, Campbell. And let's move to top of table clash, Hamilton Academicals against Aberdeen. We've said there were some good games this weekend. I think this might have been the best one. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you look at games with no or very few goals, you're always thinking, right, that was pretty crap. But having watched this game, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I've, I've written a very enjoyable game, I think it was. And it was one where in the first half, Aberdeen have always had their 100% record. Aki's always one of the strongest teams in the league, as we know. I've been under par this season, but it was a very good performance for them, really. It was two teams that were, were getting the ball down to play football, which is always something you want to see. And I think the women's game, almost every team pretty much is really, really good at that, where it's never a case of long ball. Generally, as they want to get the ball down in a very technical way, and these two sides were another example of that. Um, Chloe Gover will set the bar for Aberdeen late in the first half, and then Amy Anderson did it at the start of the second. And in the first half, there was chances for both teams. You were thinking being level was probably about right. And then Aki's in the second half, well, they really came out and took the game to Aberdeen. They were really, really impressive. And watching the Aki's commentary, it was um, George Connolly, who's usually on his own with Marcus Nash. And the pair of them, albeit slightly Aki's biased, we'll wet them off because it's, it's Aki's TV, expecting that. But they were also, they were right in the way they described it, that Aki's were really the side on top. And you looked at it and thought, they've got to score at some point, saying that the Lauren Evans chance saved. It was from the corner afterwards where they hit the bar and you think they're going to go on and win this. And then Aberdeen suddenly broke forward. It's a great cross from Eva Thompson. And Bailey Hutchinson 
who just scores goals for fun. He's done it again. It's a great, great win for Aberdeen. It's a real sign of intent given they've been beaten sides, as we've said, but to go to the team that was very close to going up last year and have most folks' favourites in the league again, to go there, come away with three points and a clean sheet, Aberdeen have got to be absolutely buzzing with that one. It's, it was a really good game and you feel for Aki's in the way that they lost in it. No, no. I was saying about 10 minutes for full time. I thought this has been a really good nothing each. So they didn't lose the goal. I mean, it's a sickness for them, but it was a really enjoyable game and two sides were definitely plenty of positives to take from the Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I so I watched I watched it in kind of like double speed um, uh, when I kind of got back in. <laughs> um, just just because of the the way time works, it doesn't last forever, unfortunately. Um, but I did I saw I saw the game um, and yeah, as I said, maybe watching it double speed makes it look even better. I hadn't thought about that before, but yeah, probably probably helps a little bit in terms of making things even faster. But um, yeah, I thought it was really good. I think uh, Lauren Grant and Gail Gilmore both again speaking about goalkeeping both made two. A, 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 top save each um, and kind of keeping the score level and as you see that that goal in the end is a, a bit of a sickener for Aki's but like I have seen Aberdeen in highlight form and I've seen them live as well and um, I've been impressed like I can I thought against Glasgow it was another really good game another 1-0 and I think the big thing for Aberdeen is that they're getting these 1-0 results just now um, you mentioned Bailey Hutchison obviously nine goals in six games is an incredible return for a 17-year-old um, who has never played at this level before. Um, it's, it's mad. Uh, but I think she's she is obviously the kind of figurehead at the moment. But uh, players like Francesca Ogilvie, Eva Thompson, um, Chloe Govar, I know Eli Shore came back into the team as well. They have an abundance of, of exciting talent and they're almost kind of getting to stage for me, Campbell. And I know that we've talked about this before. They're almost kind of getting to the point where like, if, if Aberdeen are in town, uh, I'm kind of keen to go watch them, and I know that you're very keen as well, obviously, having not been able to um, a couple of weeks ago. Hmm, I mean, this is that's the first time I've seen Aberdeen this season, what, what five, six games in. Um, and the last two weeks, I would have been away to see them, and then Mr. Coronavirus struck, so I've been sort of stuck in the house, disappointed, and looking through fixtures of a case of when can I go and see Aberdeen, it might be another month or two yet before I see them, but. Um, I, I, they're, they're an impressive team from highlights and what, what have you that I have seen but on Sunday they were arguably the second best again we've, we've slated Dakies a few times this season for not really playing well they've maybe got out with a couple of results but they really did play well on Sunday so for them to lose it you, you do feel for them but again Aberdeen have got that, that winning mentality I mean that's the Dundee United game they were 3-1 down and they've come back to win it late on They've won 1-0 away at Glasgow and then a game that was again hotly contested and then again at the weekend. So it's these games you're saying they've beaten teams below them. They're like, so Queens have beaten comfortably, St. Johnson have beaten comfortably. The sides that you're expecting at the start of the season, we've said a bit near them. Your Hamilton's on United and that. They've, they've been tight games, but again, they're coming out on top. And Aberdeen picking up these points. It's going to be so, so crucial for them this season. And they are definitely one of them, we'll admit, we're they went under the radar having just come up. I haven't really seen too much of them. We're basing that off the teams we've seen in previous seasons, but that's I mean, a hundred percent record. They're scoring goal after goal after goal. You really have to look at Aberdeen and think, how long can they keep this up? And if, if they keep performing like this, there is absolutely no reason why they can't go on and at least be in the top two for up this season. So, like, it's only the first time I've seen them. But as much as they maybe went great, there's still those signs of we know what we're doing, and hopefully I can see Aberdeen the same as myself. 
in the next few weeks. But it was an enjoyable game. Both teams, I think, do deserve credit for it. But Aberdeen, again, they've been the side that come out on top and fair play to them, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I said, the, job, the highlights are up on uh, the Aki's uh, women's uh, YouTube, so go watch them. I, I encourage you to. Yeah, you'll see the same game. Uh, Aki's have made a, a wee bit of transfer in and out as well over the last couple of days. Uh, Rachel O'Neill has come in after being released from Celtic and Tegan McCann has gone out. Um, so that's some, some body changes for Aki's. Um, Campbell, I'm going to change the order from what we talked about beforehand, just because it feels right after something you said. And let's talk about the other team that I think I've gone under the radar in terms of their promotion. Uh, Queen's Park 2, Kilmarnock now. Uh, they are now up to second after... They, they kind of obviously faced Aberdeen and lost 5-1 towards the start of the season. But um, another impressive win so for me, Goldrick, our third goal in three games um, for, for Queen's and Louisa Boys getting, getting another one as well. I, a good result for Queen's Park, that one. and It's a, a right turnaround from when you consider how the perception was at the start of the year to kind of where they are now for, for Mark Crick. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. Definitely, I mean, Aberdeen and Queen's is the top two, given they've both just come up. You look at the United Party this whole last season who came up and in the end finished high up, but they started really, really slowly. And it wasn't until, sorry, after January, um, after the World Cup at the time, sorry, you could notice them really like sort of stepping up. But Queen's and Aberdeen have done that really early on. Obviously, Queen's losing heavy, Aberdeen wasn't great, but that's three wins in a row now. Two, two very, very well taken goals from um, Sophie and Louisa, like you say. And I think, Big pitch at lesser hand, and they really are using that to their advantage. And it looked an even game from the football shots highlights. Football shots, who I mean, they're great every week. Obviously, there's been you know what they like covering the junior games and doing their, their work home and away for Kelly now. So that that's definitely great for them as well. But um, it looked like a, a, quite an even game until Queen's got those goals. I mean, it's two similar goals and around the keeper. It's two very very good finishes, and they had chances in and around those goals to get more as well. So I mean, Queen's that. It may have been written, maybe not written off as such, but you look at teams that have been at this level before and think maybe they'll be that step ahead. Queens are proving that that doesn't have to be the case. They've got players who've played here before. Um, Chloe Doherty's goal against the United last week is up for a vote for a goal of the week. Some page on Twitter has been mentioned, and she's a player that we picked out that could be a standout player for them, for them this season. So it's a fantastic result. We know Kelly have had their injury problems, but there are a few players back there, and, and what was a close game for Queen's to really bounce on and get the two goals they have and another three points. It's, it's fantastic. Like you say, Mark Kirk deserves a heck of a lot of credit for the way he's put that squad together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also, it's quite a weird aesthetic watching the, the highlights at Lesser Hamden as well, because obviously the pitch is in the middle, and then pretty much all the way around is just like a building site. So um, I live near Hamden, and uh, sometimes I'll, walk, I'll go up and walk around about Hamden. And uh, I walked up, and obviously you can kind of see people when you watch highlights looking through the gate. But it, is, it, must, be, it must be a bit strange playing in that Campbell, would I thought. I mean, uh, we, I think everybody will play football anywhere when they have the opportunity. But for an actual, like, an SWPL game, it must be a little bit odd to kind of turn up, and then you're just kind of surrounded by this kind of orange fence and then a couple of diggers. Um. I don't think that'll help, but I think that in the if there's a game on there where we're seeing the camera angles, they're going to usually be folk in the stand. So now seeing these folk at the side, you're still going to get. I mean, I've not I've not been myself. I don't know how loud it is, but you would still imagine these folk will make some sort of noise. So you'll still maybe feel like right, we've got a crowd here. Play it was so it will be interesting. It looked like like you're saying, obviously Queen's partner. 
men's side still using Hamden. They're working on it less than Hamden, but it can be easy. But I think when you're playing, you these things that you zone out, really. So I don't think it'll make too much difference to them if they're getting that sort of encouragement. I don't know who the people at the side are watching it, whether they're just people passing Hamden on Sunday afternoons or whether they intentionally come and watch it. But if that's the case, then there's there's going to be these um these shouts for Queen. So I don't know whether that helps them or not, but two wins from two at home in the last couple of weeks, there's not really much you can complain about if you're a Queen's player. Uh, just one last thing, though, Campbell, before we leave this game. Penalty shout uh, for Kamarnik. What's your thoughts on it? Um, no, it's never a penalty for me. I know Kelly have been a bit disappointed with it and pointed out handballs over the last few weeks, but as the shot comes in, the defender sort of turns her back and it's one where if your arm is outstretched, it's it, fine. But I think the way the ball is bounced off her and I mean, the, the ball's bounced miles away. If that hits an outstretched arm, it falls where it is. You look at the angle of where the ball's come in and she, she turns out the road and the arm's kind of, I'm not sure what defender it was, but her arm is tucked right into her body and she turns. It's not out, it's not an unnatural position and the ball clearly doesn't come off the actual outstretched arm. So Kelly may have complaints, but as much as we've complained about the referees ourselves and SWP are one, that's one where I have to give an official credit. And I think it is the right decision, despite many commandment claims for you're not getting a penalty for that in my eyes yeah um, but yeah it's a good win for Queen's Park um, yeah uh, let's move on to let's move on to the Ghana case Southern University won Partick Thistle 4 um, Campbell I'm, I'm going to do what we talked about before the podcast is I'm going to very quickly cover some things about this game and then we're going to talk for a couple of minutes about something else so pretty mucky opener to give Southern University the lead uh, Suzanne Mulvey on goal uh, a clear dog at the equaliser um, and then uh, Sophie, I mean, the clear doctor was actually very good. Uh, Sophie Gallagher scored a second. Um, part of this one for one after Jade Gallen wrapped the win up. But Campbell, let's talk about the third goal. Amy Bullock, uh, a trialist, scoring an absolute insanity of a goal. Um, as eminently rewatchable. Uh, you want to just give, give me your take on that goal? It was Cheryl Rigdon that scored the second. Um, <laughs> I think Thistle in general, their, their four goals were good, but the third one just... I mean, I retweeted at the time, I sent it through to yourself where you'd seen it, and it's... <laughs> as a trialist, what a way to announce it. I mean, that, that's going to be goal of the season, without a doubt. She just... Anybody comes on, she connects with that ball perfectly. I mean, when you connect with that, you know yourself just how good a strike it is, and she's just... And it's off the bar, and it's just... It was just perfect, but when you're sterling and you've got that lead, and then to give away two quick goals, I think right coming back into this game, when you see that, to really put it beyond any doubt, it, it's going to hurt them. But it's it's just outstanding. I mean, we picked out the goals a couple of weeks ago from Rachel McLaughlin and Taylor Hamill, but this one beats it and probably every goal we're going to see this season. It's just a phenomenal strike from maybe looking four-one looks comfortable, but that goal itself was worth they winning any game. It's there's there's just too many words that can describe it. It's phenomenal. Yeah, as uh, as somebody in the part of this will dugout said, why not? And uh, why not indeed? Because yes, yeah, I, I swore when I, when I saw it. Um, obviously, we try and keep this PG, um, but I, uh, I I swore quite loudly when I saw that go. And uh, I think I must have watched it in my car just as I got home. And uh, I was like, it's just the technique behind it as well. And then obviously the kind of like. Uh, I'm, I'm too cool for school celebration as well, which is just like, ah, uh, this is standard. I do this all the time. But um, yeah, just uh, 
an incredible goal. If you haven't watched it yet, go to part of this old um, Twitter feed. Watch the highlights in full, or if you want to see the goal, it's up there. Yeah, just an incredible strike and a good win for part of this one as well. They, they seem to be maybe coming together a bit of a run of form just now. Yeah, I mean, anyone that's driving, don't watch videos at the same time, Chris. I was parked up. Good, I was parked not up. A good room, not down. a good role model for that as you're zooming down there, mate. But um, a <laughs> <laughs> cracking win for Thistle, as we're saying, they had, they had a few weeks there where they lost the Ackies and they lost to St Johnston. You were thinking, is this just going to be one of those seasons where they kind of fall away? But it, it's two good wins um, in the last week, Sterling. You fancy Thistle to be beating them. But it's one where when you're losing that you're a goal down and you're thinking hmm, where are they going here but they've come back and it's see, four really good goals to be honest also we picked out the standout one but this will move totally up that table as well I mean, Aberdeen have got a fairly big lead at the top but the teams are behind they're, they're all moving up with each other obviously there's a game tonight as well that we'll get to I'm sure but there's there's definitely positive for all these teams to take this will themselves they'll, they'll know that the results they've had in the last couple of weeks from their point of view, will be unacceptable. But they've picked up six points in the last week, and that's all they can really ask for, and it's a very good win away from home. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, yeah, just as absolute clarification, parked up outside my flat, not zooming down the M8. Uh, everybody knows me knows. I do not approve of the uses of phone and driving. But, uh, yeah, good good result for this. And a big game coming this weekend against Aberdeen. Um, let's move on, though, because you have mentioned there is a game happening as we record. It's actually just finished, which is good, Campbell, because it means we can talk about it a little bit, although we haven't seen anything yet. But before we talk about that one, um, Glasgow Women 3, Birmingham Official 1 at the weekend. Uh, goes from Abin Donald, Siobhan Honeyman uh, and Taylor Hamill. Um, Helen Templeton getting her third goal for three games for Birmingham Official. Uh, a good win for Glasgow Women um, in, the, in that respect. And they've continued their solid start to the season. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the table this afternoon before, obviously, they were playing tonight, but it was a win where, again, they've stayed fifth. They're sharing the goals around. I mean, Ab McDonald scored against Stirling Uni in the game we were at, but she's been on the bench in a few games. Javon Honeyman has scored. Taylor Hammer almost seems to have scored worldies as well. So the fact they're, they're passing these goals around, that would really, really please, uh, please Craig. Um, it's another professional performance in a game where, at 2-0 up, you then give away a goal. It's never a great time to lose at 2-1. You're thinking, hang on, where's this going? But they've got that third. And I think professional probably is the word to describe them. They're a young squad, Glasgow women. We've discussed them quite a lot previously with some of the players they've got, the experience sort of grouped in the middle, the likes of Joe Laddy, John Honeyman we've mentioned, um, Susie Wyatt. But again, they're, they're a young squad there. And it's a really important win. I mean, moving fifth ahead of that obviously changed again tonight. But there's they're one of these teams in that group where you're thinking there's two spots and bar Aberdeen, there's no one that's really stood out as being they're definitely going to be guaranteed one of these places. So there's there's going to be plenty of competition for that second promotion spot and Glasgow women will definitely be in the mix. It's a good start of the season for them and another impressive win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other game on Sunday was St. Johnson now Dundee United won. Um, and, and early and Eve Guthrie winner uh, rounding the keeper to kind of give Dundee United the win uh, but I, I mean other than the goal I think that the main standout thing from that game was obviously the picture in the post-match where Dundee United appear to have now got a third kit made mainly of mud Hi, I mean we've said ourselves before there but as great St Johnston have been sort of that kind of connection with Canoe but 
we know what the Scottish winners are like and we can all play on Saturday games and Johnson on the Sunday, that pitch is going to take a right battering over the next couple of months and you may be at the stage you see St Johnson having to play back in McDermott, perhaps. But they've had another good start of the season. They'd be heavy to defeat to Aberdeen last midweek and against United. It's always a tight game. United seem to have, seem to have the edge on them usually and getting an early goal, you thought this could be really entertaining, I think, and then the conditions did seem to hamper both teams. Neve, who, like the Queen's Park uh, duo as well, seems to love around the keeper. She's done that a few times, and it's, it's a great finish, and it took like a mud bath of a part. But it's an important one for United as well, who, like Thistle, have had a couple of disappointing results. Also losing to Queen's last week as well. They've not really set, set the league alight as they'd like to themselves, so it's an important win. And then, obviously, another point tonight. There's in, I think United are heading in the right tracks now. We know they've got players missing. But Robinson seems to have hitting a bit of form. She's up to four goals now for the season. So there's there's definitely positives. And if they can eventually get Danny McGinley back, United themselves, they'll, they'll be able to score plenty of goals this season. And you'd fancy them to taking points with most teams in this league. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Robin Smith, up to four goals. That's because Glasgow women and Dundee United have played their uh, rearranged game tonight, as we were recording. It's just finished. It's finished Dundee United 2, Glasgow women 2. A, a double for Robin Smith and uh, Caitlin Canavan and Siobhan Honeyman scoring for Glasgow women, so a point apiece up in Tayside. Um, that, I think that rounds us out for this week uh, in terms of fixtures in the SWPL2 this weekend. Um, as I mentioned already, the kind of the, the big one is probably Park Thistle's Aberdeen um, down at Lockinch. Uh, Birmingham Thistle hosts St. Johnson. Uh, it's Kilmarnock against Glasgow women. Uh, Sterling Uni against Queen's Park and Dundee United take on Hamilton Ackies. Um all those games are obviously uh, just have a wee check on the SWPL website for kickoff times for those and things like that in terms of where they're going to be. But um, Campbell, for now, thank you very much for coming on. Not a problem, Chris. Um, I, I take it you're looking forward to getting back out and about uh, this weekend. Obviously, within yeah. within reason because of the world we live in just now. I mean, I was outside my front door the other day and I was just buzzing to be there despite the fact it was pouring with rain and just. <laughs> I've been in this house where. My brother's been fine. He's just buzzing that he's gonna send half his school home with no symptoms, but because he had it, he's been fine after about the first couple of days. Mom and dad have struggled a bit more, but again, seem to be getting through it. And I've just sat here, being sent about the house, doing work for everybody, and feeling physically fine. So I'm just I'm, last couple of weekends have been tough. Um, Saturdays and Sundays stuck in the house when I'd usually about covering games. So. Uh, I've got a cut game Mary Hill on Saturday and then we should be at Rugby Park on Sunday so I'm, I'm just buzzing to get back to games it's not only two weeks but Christ it's a long long two weeks I'm buzzing for you too pal uh, I'm glad you can get back out <laughs> nah, you sound it I <laughs> no, I really am uh, I, I know what it's like not to not to be able to get out so uh, yeah um, yeah just a couple of other points before we wrap up obviously Campbell did an interview with Laura Neal and Shelley Campbell where they talked about getting to know their teammates um, so we'll have a listen to that and at the end of this week, there'll be an interview dropping with Abby Harrison, the Bristol City striker, formerly of Hibernian Celtic, and obviously kept for Scotland as well. So have a wee listen out for that as well at the end of this week. But for now, thank you very much. Um, stay safe, and we'll speak again soon. It doesn't make me-